Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. Obviously, given the choice, I'd rather piss in the toilet. But when you and I are like doing this podcast, we're having a conversation, and I got like a bunch of beer cans next to me, and I got to take a piss. I'm just going to stop talking, let you talk for a little bit, and I'm going to probably fill those beer cans with piss. I, I <laughs> it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first time I fucking pissed into a can while fucking recording <laughs> this fucking show because uh, I mean what like a lot of people don't know is like that the episodes are much longer than you would expect them to be uh, because I do a lot of editing on the back end. Me and Jay just shoot the shit a bunch of the time, and sometimes you're just having a good conversation. And you're like, man, I got to pee, and like I could excuse myself, and then we'll lose our place, and this conversation won't be as interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've I've I filled a can with my people before and then dumped it out later <laughs> so. as one does i mean that's I, just you know you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do you know so. mm. Mm, mm, mm. a little bit of embarrassment for myself welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And what a fun fucking episode we have for you guys. It's so fun. It's so good. You're going to love it. So we already released our The Suicide Squad review, but a little peek beyond the curtain, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, We were actually recorded this episode before this episode, but this episode was meant to be a lead in to that episode. However, I felt it was more important for us to get that review out before doing this. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to our The Suicide Squad review, then continue listening to this, listen to this first, and then go listen to our The Suicide Squad review or you know, listen to them in whatever order you want. I I, I really don't care. But the the, the point of the, uh, me saying that is this episode, uh, me and Jay are going to get into what are you watching, and then we will do kind of like a brief re-review or just a look back at the original David Ayer 2016 or Warner Brothers or Trailer Park. You'll find out about that little reference later on uh, where we'll talk about the original Suicide Squad uh, towards the end of this episode. But Jay, just to kick things off, man, let's get into this week's fact. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It's the search for facts. Not truth. All right, so this week's movie fact didn't come via voicemail like I wanted to. However, we did get a voicemail, and I will be playing said voicemail for everybody. But uh, for movie facts, like I've asked everyone to reach out to us on the hotline, and you too can reach out to us on the Super Movie Hotline with your favorite movie fact or comments on anything from the show. Uh, And you can do that by calling 267-590-9042. That's 267-590-9042. And remember, if you share a movie fact, we will be doing one every week, and we will be choosing what person submitted the best movie fact that we liked and discussing it on the show as well as giving you a sticker pack. So this one comes from Howard Pirat, and he said the 1980 movie titled Raise the Titanic built a 55-foot model of the Titanic in a special water tank to film it. The cost of that model was $8.3 million. However, the original Titanic, when it was built in 1910, 1911, leading up to its launch in 1912, was only 
$7.5 million to build. It's an interesting fact. Hence why it fell and crashed. No. <laughs> no hence, why, um, hence why wow. it really what you want to get into is inflation of cost. Where the no, fact I that know, like, I know. a 55-foot model of a ship costs more than that the actual baffling. ship. Did. That is baffling. Uh, you know, just, baffling. Just, just under 70 years later, essentially. Good Lord. Um, so that's... I mean that's that's movie production for you, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the recreation of it. Uh, but one of the things I always found interesting about the sinking of the Titanic, and um, this goes into conspiracy theory realm. It's it's been often theorized that the Titanic was so costly at the time to build that its builder was essentially decided that the risk that, that that the cost was not worth the return that they would get on such a fantastic cruise liner and it was purposefully sunk for insurance reasons because the the uh the guy who ran the company I forget his name I'm yeah, sorry but how do but, you explain the survivors hold on, hold on. the All guy right. who ran the company at the time actually canceled his ticket and did not take the inaugural cruise of the Titanic, and people look at that as damning evidence that the Titanic was purposefully run into an iceberg, sending all of its passengers into the freezing cold waters of the northern Atlantic. Nah, well, that day and age, it was very easy to or Or get away the with other theory ship, is that its sister ship, the Britannic and the Titanic, are both one and the same. Um... And both ran aground. Uh, so the Titanic famously hit an iceberg, but the Britannic actually ran a, ran aground on a on a coral reef. It was actually damaged several times. There were three ships of the same of the same size, and I believe one of them actually survived. I think it was the Olympic. Uh, actually survived all the way up to World War II and was used as a merchant ship during World War II. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting facts about the Titanic. You can watch James Cameron shit about if you want to learn more about the Titanic. He did he did an entire like decade on the Titanic <laughs> in his career. He was just like, Oh, you guys like the Titanic? Well, guess what? I'm gonna fund an entire mission where I go down and I look at the Titanic and I go, Yep. He likes to milk the gravy chain. There it is. Like it's almost what he did. I remember watching that documentary and I was like, Man, they're gonna do something cool. And like he goes down to the Titanic, he goes, Yep, there it is. <laughs> it's just like because what, what are you gonna do? I mean, it just—it is what it is. I mean, it's just fucking there. Super cool doc, bro. <laughs> it was actually an interesting documentary, but uh, yeah. Uh, so that—that's interesting. Just, just just for cost of inflation alone and stuff like that. The fact that an entire cruise liner uh, costs less than the model and the pool uh, that was used to create the recreation of that thing. But but to get into a really fun. Uh, uh, fact. This is one that I provided to Jay, and I always love this fact. Uh, one of my favorite movies from Quentin Tarantino is Django Unchained. I know I'm I'm kind of like on the outside here, where my favorite Tarantino movies are Death Proof and Inglorious Bastards and Django more so than you know his classics like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. I'm not saying I don't love those movies, I absolutely do. His newer ones are more are, are more a, a, akin to what I'm enjoying, but. Anyway, while filming Django Unchained, Leonardo DiCaprio was extremely uncomfortable using the N-word so much mm-hmm. in the presence of Samuel Jackson. So much so that while filming scenes, Samuel Jackson could tell that Leonardo DiCaprio was uncomfortable and not delivering the type of performance that he would expect from him, especially given the fact that this dude smashed his hand on a table during a take into a glass, which sliced his hand. He then, like a badass, looked at it with glass sticking out of it, picked up a napkin, and con- wiped the blood from his hand and continued delivering his line. I believe he wound up with somewhere above 20-some stitches in his hand as a result of that. Yeah, so, and it's in the it's in the movie. So It's in the movie. It's the take forever. that was used. Yeah. So Samuel Jackson, understanding that Leonardo DiCaprio was apprehensive about using the N-word, pulled him aside and said to him, motherfucker, this is just another Tuesday for us. Let's go. <laughs> motherfucker do you speak it Leonardo DiCaprio uncomfortable around so many black people on set using the n-word that like Samuel Jackson had to remind him that like when other people use it against us it doesn't feel good but we're on a movie set you're playing characters it is what it is like you're 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 not doing anything I haven't heard before I've been called the word before yeah no I mean it's good old Sam and you know 
it's 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 a fun little tidbit, just like with the Leo. Um, yeah, it tells you a little uh, bit about thing, Leo, you know, and, and and what a nice guy he is, and like what, well, what you know the type of person that he is and stuff. But it tells you a lot about Sam Jackson too, where it's just like yeah. he just wants the best performance. Call me whatever you want, you know what I mean? Just just give us a good performance here. So I like that one. I Jay, I think I should win my sticker, my our own sticker pack. I think I should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just for that one. Put it no, all over uh, your car. <laughs> all over your work laptop or something, you know? No, so uh, next week, I hope that someone leaves us a voicemail like someone, like like our good friend did. Uh, honestly, I don't know who this, who this Google voicemail message is from. I have an idea, but you can never say 100% who it's from. Uh, but we got this voicemail message today, so I wanted to play it for everybody here. I'm Commander Shepard, and I approve this podcast. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that that's Chris Brayton from the I Like to Like Things podcast. Uh, he <laughs> recently did a post. Him and I are both big Mass Effect fans, and I just commented on his post because uh, I believe his wife, he was replaying Mass Effect, and his wife was playing Mass Effect for the first time. So I commented on, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a line that your character can do uh, in there because you're supposed to be like this big famous hero for the galaxy and stuff like that for the milky way galaxy and uh that's that's your thing like you can get a discount for going to merchants and saying like i'll do an ad for you and they're like fine do an ad and i'll knock 20 percent off so you could say like you know i'm commander shepherd and this is my favorite armory on the citadel this is my favorite shop on the citadel uh so obviously <laughs> well, he's, thank he's, you chris he's kind of playing off my fandom for uh mass effect sure it works. sure because it works. <laughs> so, all right, Jay, let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channels. Oh, he's watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. RJ, what'd you get down to watching this week? We'll start with you. Well, I got into watching the documentary that I've heard some buzz about over the last couple months, Val. It's now streaming on Amazon Prime. Fuck, man. I wanted to watch it, and I just, I just ran out of time with yeah, you know, busy I, life. You're, you, you're going to really like this for many reasons. I'll bet. Um, you know, I don't, be honest I, with you? We don't talk about this guy very often. I got but. wrapped up in watching the newest episodes of the movies that made us, which has like Jurassic Park and stuff involved with it. And mm. I, that's what I got wrapped up in watching. I I really like that stuff. So, hey, man, Val's up my Val's up my alley. But since you're going to talk about it, I'm not going to waste everybody's time and talk about it next week, man. Well, I just I would like to hear your 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 brief impressions when, yeah, you, when you do watch personally, it. Personally, you would. I don't think everyone else wants to hear two impressions on it though. So, yeah, maybe but not. anyway, w- w- what's going on with Val? Like, I, I I've heard a few people uh, talk about it. You know, Take Two podcast, I believe, just had an episode on, and they said it was like you know absolutely fantastic. So, and it really is, and it's one of those things where it's 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 bittersweet, you know. But it's also kind of heartwarming at the same time. Jay, would you say it's a bittersweet symphony that's coming? <laughs> Try to I make love that ends song. meet. <laughs> it's Buck Cherry, right? Uh, is that who it is? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I don't know, does. but I do need to download that song. Bittersweet symphony. But it's a, it's a 90s hit that we all love. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's kind of like <laughs> kind of reminds me of like uh, Sublime, you know, or something like that, or uh, kind of like or, uh, um, Oasis, uh, like Oasis, right? Yeah, Oasis, or, or like, or like uh, one of those. What's it, what was it, Rodney Dangerly that did uh, Paranoia? Paranoia, everybody's coming to get <gasps> me. Yes. You said you never left yes. me. Everybody's Running singing at the, the top of their lungs. Sea. Oh my God! Who salutes, but no one ever does. Those songs oh, are like the sick, anthems of I'm my childhood. Well. Yeah, <laughs> are more of my anthems of my high school age, <laughs> right? But I mean, not like, my middle school. Middle school so was like peek a behind different. the curtain. Like recently, I've been I, I've been listening. Like I just went on Amazon Music and I was like '90s alternative, and I've just been listening to a whole bunch of like '90s alternative music. But Logan was in the car. Um, 
And there's been quite I've a few songs. I've listened to that quite a bit. And there, yeah, there's quite a few songs. It is kind of the same Logan. running the bills stuff. Like I'm like, all right, enough with the teen spirit. All right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like I've, I've like, heard Nirvana on. so much. I, I was I was trying to get deep into things like Candlebox and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, like give me some more Smashing Pumpkins or yeah, something. And, I don't know. But Logan heard um heard Beck and she fucking loved the song because like I sang mm. the lyrics to her and it's like you know and time is a piece of wax that's dripping on a termite who's choking on the splinters like logan loves these like crazy fucking lyrics so like right, while i'm right, driving her right. home or picking her up like i'm singing these fucking songs to her and she's just like wait who's this and like i'm telling her and stuff it's really cool to get my kid into like the kid like, like the music that like defined my youth you know what i mean and sure. then also listening to it and like listening to green day and just being like you know i went to a prostitute <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, now I'm now having to explain to my kid what a prostitute is. But also, isn't it cool that my kid listens to the same music I fucking loved growing up? Fucking love it. <laughs> anyway. Stay on target. Stay on target. Uh, Val, you were talking about yeah, Val. Before so we got so get, get back to our boy Val. <laughs> we're Val talking about Kimmer. how late we're running, and uh, we just keep rambling. So, so Mr. Val Kilmer, um, unfortunately, has been diagnosed with throat cancer. Came out on the other side of it, you know through chemo and, and radiation and such like that however it still hindered his voice i saw a great like instagram post of mm -hmm. him putting on the cape and cow just the cape and cow not the whole outfit and he like turns to the camera and he goes i'm batman and like he talks like and i was like oh fuck that's right he had throat cancer and i was like but fuck it i don't care that's fucking val kilmer in the fucking batman forever fucking outfit fuck yeah you see i'm both bruce wayne and batman not because I have to be. No. Because I choose to be. Yeah, and, and 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 yeah, he's still you know, he's gonna have to talk like that for the rest of his life. And he does say like this is the most frustrating part for his life right now because it is a struggle to speak. And yeah, motherfucker you, you had know, a silky smooth voice too. So well, he, he definitely did, and and his uh, his boy narrates this documentary, who sounds eerily just like a young Val Kilmer. So it's kind of interesting in that way. But um, um, and also the fact that Val does, by the way, is is on the other side of it. Like I said, and he is healthy, and he does feel good. He good. does feel. Like, unfortunately, he has to kind of, at this point in his life, live so much vicariously through his quote-unquote old life because he feels like he has nothing going on right now that people are oh. interested in. So but we it are. almost feels but like... we totally are. Yeah, but when you look at his filmography, honestly, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the only relevant thing that he's done since his diagnosis and everything i get that, it yeah uh, i mean or, i get or, or, or it or but before I, or whatever like and that's like 2003 or whatever but i think like nostalgia it's been like, a long like, time it doesn't feel like it though i think nostalgia speaks a lot to like the culture that we have now where so many of us that are creating stuff have nostalgia for the stuff from the past so i mean like like him just even doing like viral videos of him putting on the cape and cow and saying i'm batman and stuff like that right. like that 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 gets me a little bit excited because I'm like, you fucking were Batman. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, you're not he, quote unquote you know, my Batman that will always belong to yeah. Keaton, but like, you're you are the second banana, you know. I'm your Huckleberry. I like. I, 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 like I had no ill feelings about him. Yeah, he's you know not my mean? least like, favorite. George Clooney's my least his, favorite. You I'm know? excited for his cameo in like in, in Top Gun, you know, two Maverick. Sure. Like, I'm excited for his cameo in sure. that. So, like, you know, I mean, like the the, the dude, I understand the dude's down about himself, but I think like you know, you look at things like The yeah. Saint, you look at well, things like Top, you know, especially Top Secret, something like that that he's yeah. done way back in the day. That's completely you know cult fandom and and beloved and stuff like that. That dude has a lot to look back on and and, and to be proud of. And, and, and to I also, he does. like live on and and i think that's exactly what you're getting to where my point is so this starts from the beginning in the early 80s when he's like the first person to get like one of these film cameras and document their life he grew up on a richie family kind of ranch with his brother who was creative and they used to do a lot of home movies film things be very creative and quirky and he was an early admin um into juilliard school for acting so he was you know prominent in that kind of world 
and also a very infectiously animated type of character who also, again, throughout his whole fucking life, had a camera with him, for better or worse, throughout all these film productions, Top Gun, Batman, uh, bad movies, good movies, everything. Life, divorce, marriage, you know, everything. Divorce again. (laughs) So... You know, you really get a good scope of who he is. However, cool. my knack of this movie was, I, and but they they hint to, he was a prima donna, and I never knew this. This was kind of new to me. I didn't know that like Val Kilmer was apparently like a big prima donna film well, actor. It was also like kind of before our time of following movies. That true, deeply. true. Also pre time of the this internet. Pre social media, shit, exactly. Right. You know, that and, shit and got and out. You know, there's no like there's there, there there's no um but you know, Christian Bale video of correct. him just going you know correct. screaming at a guy on a correct. set or anything like that. And <laughs> fucking professional <laughs> And and they do a pretty good job at ultimately hiding uh hiding that but at the same time you could tell that that was a factor and i think that's a big part of why from 2000s on he pretty much uh, didn't have the same kind of career he did in his 80s and 90s career but um again uh, highly engaging especially for people and us in this kind of world like this is a great glimpse behind the scenes of celebrity and and yeah. and the evolution of who people can be and and how they are and family I mean, life. You and, and I talk about this in the news like all the time. Where like, you know, it, it, word gets out. Like word in Hollywood spreads like very fast. And I think oh, like yeah. that's one that's one of the things like the show Entourage always did like really well was it's just like no words out. This movie's gonna be bad and you're in it and that's that's not good for you. Or or vice versa. Like words out that like you're fucking awful to deal with on set. Like if you remember, like I shared you that video of um which which may come up as a fact later about Matt Damon. So I'll save that fact for another time. That but, was a skit dude that's not real that, that was a skit where he was flipping that's out not the dude on the that's set of entourage that's not okay, real that's good. a skit good because it's I feel part like of entourage the show all right good because 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 that would have gotten out like if that was real i, yeah. I don't no, I, no. I watched entourage <laughs> series once so, well that's like, the that's the thing like it, it was kind of a spoof on his character like you know like they did like they they brushed that gray line sort of like curbing enthusiasm where like you know you're playing yourself but you're not really playing yourself like you're playing a bullshit version of yourself, you know, like Matt Damon it. is playing himself, f- directing something that uh, the character, is whatever, in, yeah, yeah his, it, he is, and, and, okay. and but yeah, he's okay, blowing okay. off steam. Like I I said, whatever, I, it's been so long since I've seen Entourage. I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't correct. tell you one correct. bit from it, right, uh, right? Other than Ari Gold saying, "Get the fuck <laughs> out," <laughs> which is one of my favorite gifts. I miss Jeremy use. Piven. I loved him so much in that role. But apparently, he's not cast anymore because he's 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 difficult to work with, which goes right back into Val. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There you go. There's a segue for you, Jay. I know you love my good segues. So there you go. Perfect. Maybe touch yourself to that and send me pictures. <laughs> There's a callback to a Patreon episode that we recorded this week. <laughs> I'll blackmail you, baby. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. Anyway. Sign up for twenty dollars a month for that one. <laughs> for that one. For Jay's unsolicited dick pics. Hey, hey we're solicited. Day. Don't be teasing false information. <laughs> uh, so Val's worth the checkout on Amazon Prime. You're saying? Oh yeah, definitely. Perfect. So, uh, Jay, I checked out something this week. It's kind of in line with like our reviews this week, where we're going to go back and talk about Suicide Squad 2016. We're going to talk about, obviously, The Suicide Squad, which was an episode to release before this. But I was like, oh, new DC animated movie. So they released, uh, about a month ago, they released The Long Halloween Part 1 DC animated movie, which is based off of... Uh, Jeff Loeb's and Tim Sale's Eisner Award-winning comic book, uh, which took place in the pages of Batman and went back and told a story that was somewhat a sequel to Frank Miller's uh, Year One and kind of told like a, a very early on story about Batman uh, where he's still somewhat dealing with the mob while also dealing with the burgeoning um, super villain class uh, within within Gotham so much so that it's kind of an origin a retelling of an origin story for Two-Face in the comic books mm-hmm. um, and uh, I decided not to watch like part one I wanted to watch part one and part two 
at the same time because in the past I had watched uh, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and I was like, cool, it ends, I guess, at a logical point. And then like they gave us Part 2 and it's like I always felt like these stories were meant to be consumed at the same time. It's all part of a singular story, so why wait? You know what I mean? So anyway... Uh, it's just a point. It's just a, it's just a way for Warner Brothers to make a little bit of money by releasing two DVD copies of a direct to DVD release. So uh, anyway, I, I watched the Long Halloween, and I don't know whether because I've read the comics so many times, I found myself extremely bored by this DC animated movie. Now it didn't do anything like hot like like Batman Hush did, uh, and if you if you watch the DC animated, you know what I'm talking about where they completely changed the origin of Hush uh, by the end of the movie. That didn't really bother me so much, or like the long hollow or. Uh, or like the killing joke where Batman's all of a sudden in a relationship and just completely fucking Barbara Gordon on a fucking rooftop and stuff like that. <laughs> like all this stuff where they change it's like it doesn't do anything egregious like that. It honestly, it does its best job at retelling a truncated story of the long Halloween, which took place over twelve issues. And to me, I was just bored by it. I was I was a little bit bored by it. Uh, you know, Jensen Eccles does the voice of Batman. He he does an okay job. It's fine. It's not. It's not. It's not Kevin Conroy. No one's Kevin Conroy. So I, I can't knock anybody for stepping into the shoes and giving it a shot. But it 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 just didn't work. I believe Troy Baker is back as uh, the Joker, and he's previously done the Joker in Gotham City Origins, which was like a Batman spinoff to the Arkham series, which Rocksteady was doing. But this one was done by WB Games, so it's someone who's competent who's done the Joker before. But still, like, uh, and Josh Duhamel uh, was the voice of Two Face or, or Harvey Dent, and. It's kind of like the story, you know, if you've read the comic book, then you know it, but it's kind of the story of a killer on the loose in Gotham who's killing mobsters on every holiday starting with Halloween. So it starts on Halloween in one year, and the story ends on Halloween the next year, which is 12 issues, the long Halloween, and every month a new holiday, and that month someone was getting killed. It causes Batman and Jim Gordon to reach out to Dorian Day, who is Calendar Man, who kind of has an insight on killing people based on the calendar or holidays and who you expect is the killer is not the killer that they ultimately reveal in the end the movie has the same reveal that the comic book did i just found myself bored by it honestly i i don't know whether it failed to pace itself going from the comic book version to this version where like the comic book version it weaves this extremely interesting intricate detective tale and stuff like that that's that's all built on mystery and smoke and mirrors and cloak and dagger and like i i really enjoyed the comic book series the comic book series like i said i've read a bunch of times i love going back and reading the long halloween the art is absolutely fantastic this did its best job of doing the long halloween art without putting it in tim sales style which may be a little much for people to buy um in animated form you know long term over a two hour long film but uh, they did try to like at least pay homage to it with like heavy black lines and you know the the dark shading and stuff like that with a little bit of like elongated faces like like Tim Sale was kind of known for doing but it, it still didn't scratch it it did, the art just wasn't as interesting as I've gotten before and it just wound up being like I said ultimately boring like I was just bored by it like Lauren was watching with me and she goes this is a long Halloween I was like yeah and she goes is the story like this boring and I was like she read it on the beach like a couple years ago while I was while while we were at the beach I was reading other comics I had brought that with me and I always bring it with me when I go to the beach because it's mm-hmm. one of those comics that like I'll pick up and I'll just reread because it's fucking fantastic and I handed it to her and she read it she goes it was really good so we watched a movie together and she goes that was boring I was like it was right I don't understand why it's really following like almost beat for beat the original story. It just felt like the pacing was just all wrong. I don't, I, I I felt like they didn't take enough time to like to kind of like jump into I guess like the 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 nuance that the comic book was able to deliver over twelve issues. So. Is it a recommend? I mean, I guess. I don't know. You have to pay money for it, so don't do that, for God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, if you have HBO Max, uh, all the DC animated movies seem to be coming to HBO Max uh, relatively soon, So uh, after their release. So just wait until it's on HBO Max. Give it a watch. Tell me what you think. There you uh, go. 
I did rewatch two Suicide Squad animated movies, and they are exactly what they sound like. Suicide Squad animated movies. Slightly better than the 2016 movie. Not as good as the one we just got. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but Jay, did you get down to watching anything else? Nah, man, that's it. All right. Well then, Jay, let's get into our discussion on David Ayer's 2016 Suicide Squad. I want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. I can't wait to show you my toys. Seriously, the hell's wrong with you people? We're bad guys. It's what we do. Suicide Squad. Rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX 3D. August 5th. All right, so way back in the day, Suicide Squad became greenlit. David Ayer was tasked to direct. Me and Jay happily were like, yay. Let's go see this movie. We like David Ayer. He just made Fury. We like that movie quite a bit. Let's go check out this movie. David Ayer sets out to make a movie. He hires the cast that he wants. And uh, they they set out to make this this movie uh, based upon the popular comic that was made popular by John Ostrander in the 1980s as as the writer, where it it takes DC uh, C and D list characters, villains, and puts them on a team and, and, and sends them out. There was a version of the Suicide Squad from the 1950s, but that was more of like science fiction fantasy more so than comic book john ostrander picked up the idea and kind of redid it in the 80s making it very much part of the uh, of the, of the dc multiverse and stuff like that and uh the idea was that anyone could die at any time it wasn't until we got like until we got to like 2004 2005 later on especially with the new 52 where we got the current incarnation of the suicide squad that we got with the movie where we get like deadshot and harley quinn and these recognizable characters from the comic books so they're very much deriving their story from the 52 comics uh but also uh you know david ayer wanted to pay homage to to uh ostrander and what came before but ultimately never really getting to do so uh thus being picked up by james gunn now who did a much better job of paying homage to ostrander and the 80s uh 90s version of the suicide squad but anyway and what wound up happening was warner brothers gets this movie Suicide Squad. They wind up getting the, the the final copy of the movie and looking at it, and the movie's a mess in their mind. Right? Mm-hmm. It's very much derived from their old way of doing things, which was very much based on Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder with Man of Steel, grounding all their characters in extreme reality. Um, extremely dour, depressing, dark stories. That's not to take away from Christopher Nolan. Obviously, you know, his Batman films are absolutely fantastic. Uh, Man of Steel is what it is. A lot of people love it. A lot of people don't. I think I'm firmly in the middle of that camp where it's like, I like that movie. It's fine. We said meh. M-E-H. Meh. This comes out, and it's completely polar opposite of what is popular in the theaters at the time, which is a little movie from Fox called Deadpool. Deadpool costs X amount of dollars to make. Not a lot. Makes X amount of dollars. A fuck a lot. And Warner Brothers looks at this completely dour movie that ha- that's almost like the shit that they've gotten before with, with Zack Snyder and Man of Steel, which made them money but was ultimately critically panned for the most part. And they decided, like, David Ayer is not going to get final cut in this movie. We're going to recut this movie. And who's going to do it? The people who did the trailer that got everyone excited for this movie because the trailer for this movie got people fucking stoked. Bohemian Rhapsody playing over top of the introductions to the characters and the story and stuff like that. This type of pop culture, you know, uh, music getting played over it, which they totally stole from Guardians of the Galaxy because when this movie was originally conceived, it did not have any licensed music in it whatsoever. It was completely scored. Um, And in the end, they wound up going with the licensed music thing because that's what they believed made Guardians of the Galaxy popular. And now they wanted to also make this more like Deadpool, make it zany, make it weird. Give Captain Boomerang an obsession with fucking unicorns and make Harley Quinn as insane as we possibly can. And uh, let's give characters, let's completely truncate their stories and give them almost zero motivation to continue going on with this mission. But they'll do it anyway. Why? Because they decided they want to be good. Why? I, I don't I don't know. Because they did? 
plot points done uh so ultimately final cut was taken away from david ayer and his cut and given to the group that made the trailer like i said and they were a group that was ironically for this show called trailer park (laughs) (laughs) go figure a group of young guys uh in northern california a group of youngins up in northern california making taking movies cutting them down into fantastic trailers and putting them out there they decided like these guys get what this movie's supposed to be about or at least what what executives wanted this movie to be about let's have them recut it and take the power away from the director completely don't burst on work on water unless you've got power <laughs> bold move but not original not anything that's coming from from the material they were given they were taking inspiration from outside sources and applying it to something that was in production before outside sources came out and they decided like we need to try and be that. We need to try to keep up, which is ultimately what, what winds up being a movie's downfall because what the original Suicide Squad winds up being is a absolute tonal mess. Is it funny at times? Sure. It, it, is it action-packed at times? You're darn tootin' it is. Uh, but does it make any sense for any of the characters? Does it make sense for the story? Like, does the story seem cobbled together? It, it yes, absolutely does. Because it was a mess. Because it's a mess. On the cutting the, room the editing, exactly. It's jumbled fucking mess. And on top of that, you have to say, CGI villains at this day and age should never exist. No. And 100%. they have, you know, one variant, I guess you could CGI say. One, one is exist. CGI, and the other one is like a hybrid. Yeah. But it's just it, it, it. On top of that, it incorporates with their action stuff being also CGI'd, and it just takes you out of it. And it's just also, looks so cheap. To, to just to play devil's advocate to to Warner Brothers, who takes the director's cut away from air. They were getting a lot of stories of shit that was going on on set that Warner Brothers execs were not happy about. Uh, David Ayer allows his actors to just kind of like do what they want to do, but he also encourages like method acting and stuff like that. Jared Leto, totally down with that, winds up starting to play practical jokes on people leaving dead rats in places, uh, sending pictures, unsolicited pictures Used to condoms. people. Used condoms. Used condoms to, uh, to Digimon Hansu, who's playing uh, Killer Croc. Uh, which was not actually a used condom. He did come out and say it was all fake. None of it was real. But the entire the entire idea of it was that he was embodying the idea of what the Joker was, and everyone was encouraged to get into like this method acting uh, by David Ayer and stuff like that, which led to these type of things on set and allegations of sexual. Uh, harassment and and, and stuff uh, which Warner Brothers was not happy with Um, and it was almost like David Ayer kind of like lost uh, kind of lost control of the set not for for un you know not not for bad reasons because Warner Brothers execs were coming on the set all the time and trying to change this and change that and you know he he kind of just kind of lost control of their production as a result of it. Uh, one of the things that like was originally in the film was, I mean, we we get the Suicide Squad, we, we get this version of the Suicide Squad from 2016, and we get introduced to each of the characters. In fact, the entire first 20 minutes is essentially introducing characters uh, played with licensed music, right? The the, the uh, sympathy for the devil plays when Amanda Waller is meeting with 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 two senators to kind of explain what Task Force X is going to be and stuff like that to get their funding to get their support. And obviously, sympathy for the devil. Amanda Waller, she's the devil, right? Like that's that's where that it's. They use popular music to tell us how we should feel. Where it's completely different in the new The Suicide Squad, where they use popular music that is actually happening in the scene. Like any type, any time a pop song is playing, they will at the end pull out. And then show you that the actual characters are actually listening to that song right now. It's informing us about how the characters are feeling and not telling us how the characters should sure. be feeling. Slight difference, but a major one. Uh, because what we wind up getting is different popular songs playing over top of each of the characters as they are introduced. Who's Deadshot? And literally, on the right-hand side of the screen, as you are introduced to each of the characters... You have to read a metric fuck ton 
in just under 20 seconds. <laughs> you got to read the whole thing uh, just to understand who each of them are. Several of them do get backstories and stuff, but we spent a lot of time doing flashbacks. And originally, there were supposed to be 40 minutes added to the beginning of this movie, most of it focusing on the Joker and Harley Quinn, but also getting in deeper to all of these characters' backstories, which would eventually lead them to the point where they are when they are drafted into the Suicide Squad, uh, giving them the motivation to be part of the Suicide Squad, and all of them have extremely sad stories. Um, and apparently, the Joker was also a much larger role in the movie. Are you sweet-talking me? Ah, ah, ah. I love this guy. Uh, in fact, he was supposed to be there for the end fight against Enchantress or whatever the villain was supposed to look like at that time. Uh, and it also involved a whole lot more of Ben Affleck, Batman, which was not in the movie. So ultimately, everything's taken away from from, Day, from, from David Ayer based on all this stuff. And that's it. The movie was completely recut. Uh, oh, also for the Joker, we were supposed to get a background for the damage tattoo and kind of alluding to the fact that uh, Jason Todd or a version of Robin was killed by the Joker. So, mm. which was supposed to tie in to BVS, where we see Robin's outfit, where, you know, in a glass case, memorializing him with ha 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 sprayed on it. So they were supposed to kind of like be melding it, this into like the whole world and stuff like that. Uh, but ultimately, Warner Brothers decided to go in a different direction. They wanted to be more like Fox, more like Disney. Well, more like Fox at the time. Do a Deadpool. And ironically, use popular music and, and comedic elements to elevate the film, much like Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out two years before this. James Gunn. So the movie comes out. The movie's fucking lampooned by critics. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Fans don't necessarily like it. And the only thing this movie did well was have a best-selling soundtrack. And that's about it. Until years later, 2019, when a, a group of people online decide to reveal tweets sent out by a director, James Gunn, uh, that were painting him in a negative light. Uh, where he was quote unquote gay bashing. He was making jokes uh, about a friend and blah, blah, blah. It's not much to get into because it was completely, it was, while it was true, it, it was completely done in a way that was meant to purposefully cancel him, uh, which caused Disney to fire him, which caused fans to backlash against Disney for firing someone who directed two movies that they essentially liked. And ultimately, his tweets weren't all that bad. I think we all said worse back in the early 2000s oh, yeah. when, his, when his tweets were taken. And ultimately, Disney learned their lesson somewhere around two weeks later, and they were like, no, 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 James Gunn, you're rehired. Come on back to, 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 to the fold. Let's make Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. But wait, I was offered the opportunity to make a movie with the other camp since I was fired, no longer under contract. I decided to make the Suicide Squad. I'm going to remake the Suicide Squad. And Disney went, that's fine. We're still super sorry. Go make that movie and please come back to us. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, he had a saying in an article that said, uh, you know, obstacles are opportunities. And that becomes an Easter egg in the Suicide Squad movie because Rick Flagg is wearing a yellow shirt, much like his comic book character, that has a rabbit on it, much like Bugs Bunny, who sits atop the Warner Brothers logo, which WB is also written on that shirt. And that rabbit is wearing a red cape, reminiscent of Superman or possibly Brightburn, holding up a sign that says in Spanish, obstacles are opportunities. A direct line from the director mm. of the successor to the Suicide Squad. Uh, so <laughs> it all comes full circle. In the end, Warner Brothers wanted to make a movie that was more like Guardians of the Galaxy, more like Deadpool, ultimately end up taking what David Ayer made, which was never meant to be anything like that, completely trying to falsify a tone for the movie that they wanted, uh, and then delivering a movie that was completely tone deaf because it tried to service two uh, two, two, two stories at the same time and never ultimately did either of them justice and did none of the characters justice as well, uh, which ultimately led them to essentially attempting to reboot the movie with the same exact director who just happened to get fired from the competitor for completely bullshit reasons. 
It was and wild. That's, and that's the director who made the movie that they were trying to be like as much as possible. Fucking serendipity, man. I fucking love it. I love like that. Like Wild. The, I love that. The story of 2016 Suicide Squad actually gets like elevated by the fact that James Gunn is now doing the Suicide Squad. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But Jay, uh, I did ask you to rewatch the uh, to watch Suicide Squad after watching the Suicide Squad, so that we can compare and contrast it. Um, and what do you think after watching Suicide Squad again? Well, like I said, the villains just aren't there. No, they're just not. not there. I mean, and that's such an imperative part of it any is. movie. You need to have a strong. It one. is unless you're the Suicide Squad. Which also doesn't have a strong villain. However, I would well, argue it does. It has a bunch of strong villains, and they sparkled. are members of the sewer. And they are the members it's, of the Suicide it, Squad. It, right. It's <laughs> it's it, it's 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 more properly handled. Right. But this way. this did far less development for the sui- for, for Suicide Squad characters. Uh, it and 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 it really hinged on this. Yeah, and I think I, th- story I think ultimately about, about there the was some right, and there were some harsh, harsh, quick. Uh, convoluted cuts narratively story wise and character wise in the very beginning not just with the introductions but also with if the you story remember, progression there were there were what was the if i remember right there was like it was like all million, of a sudden in trans it, it was like 20 million dollars in like recuts out there yeah, yeah it, it was, was like 20 like, million dollars in recuts that they had to do i i don't i don't even, i i just don't want to get too Reshoots. much into this deep dive but like it's just it's it's a it's a flat out mess and it doesn't make any sense and you hear david ayers like please over the years and pleading now yeah well now it's just like his it's it's his last hope begged like a dog put it that way um it's for fans to get behind and have warner brothers make it's not his movie whatsoever and i understand that because based on our new story warner brothers doesn't doesn't have the interest in continuing to do director's cuts or anything like that sure it's not well warner brothers is just not that kind of studio normally but um well just just for one guy i said normally (laughs) (laughs) right Um, they play that way for one guy just um, like i'm only gay for you jay that a boy they only um, do reshoots and they only do re-releases for Zack Snyder. It's the it's it's it's, it's the it's the only cocktail sub for. <laughs> Usually, so, Warner Brothers is playing a dom, but in that case, yeah. all the uh, all the sirs yeah. and 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 all the king comments that were going around about Zack Snyder, they were like, you know what? I'll let him bear back me. <laughs> Just this once. Just, just, just to see what Warner Brothers did. Just to see how it feels. Just to see how it feels. Yeah. Although I, I do think that if HBO Max wasn't the burgeoning platform that it was at the time that 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 uh that that Zack Snyder's Justice League recut was was announced, I don't think it would have happened. You know, and I think that's why they're staying away from David Ayer's cut, The Suicide Squad, because the improvement probably isn't all there based on our on our news story. That we did earlier in this episode, but also the fact that they, they now have a firmly established platform that they have a clear idea for, for where it's for, for what, what type of content they want to deliver on it. They have a bunch of shit greenlit for the next like two or three years and spending the additional money for a David Ayer cut to be released on there, even though he says it's completely done. It's not that I'm sure there's some post-production that has to be done. Several million dollars have to go back into the coffers to, to fund it. I think Warner Brothers is ultimately like, we don't need it. And they don't. The DC, Honestly, the DC Universe is going in a different direction. Uh, the the our, our and, HBO Max is going in a different yeah. direction. Especially, we don't need you. We don't need this. We don't uh, want to I remind agree. people I of agree. this when we have the Suicide Squad out now, which is a far superior property. My only rebuttal to that, David, is that there's no extra money to be spent on it. You just mm. put it out there. On HBO Max, there's no so harm. So let's say let, let's say they it's did already it, done, but the, but the CGI the wasn't cut is done. Out there. No, the I cut's Appar- out there. Apparently, the cut is out there. Apparently, the the full it's cut, out there. full CGI, yeah. full 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 full. The movie, full the movie is out there. It just needs to be literally slipped onto HBO Max. But That's like it. I said, with Zack Snyder's, it and does, I guarantee, well, it does this? stand to muddy the waters for the property that they've just built with James no. Gunn. No, 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 no. Hold on. I firmly believe that what you just said is not going to hold up. I don't think that they're going to be coming out with a sequel 
within any type of tight time frame whatsoever. Right. Well, like now, I said in the last episode for the in a year, review. I think in a year, you're if you very remember, well may see an air, in, ca- an air cut might come out on HBO Max I said Max 2023, 2024, there would be a The Suicide Squad sequel. Okay. So I didn't say anytime per- soon. Perhaps. So. But I think it's perfect timing strategically if you bring this up in a year. The DVD will be out already for The Suicide Squad by holiday time. And it'll be a few months after that. Plenty of breathing time. And then it can start revamp that fucking... Uh, bullshit you know uh viral marketing as far as like the air cuts coming out so we talked about what didn't work with suicide squad 2016 let's just talk about let's talk about what did work jay what worked for you for it what did you like like first off we Uh, have a a team called suicide squad where no one died i like the darker characters i like the darker characters that actually that i bought you know they were they were they were which is a testament to david ayer it's obviously what he was going for with it right more brash more more grounded more scrappy not not out for the the jokey licks i do like i do like will smith's dead shot um yeah I, I, I like Will Smith in the role. Uh, I, I, I like the way he's portrayed or, and everything like that. One of the things like I, I thought was very interesting was the fact that Idris Elba was originally hired to replace Will Smith as Deadshot and reprise that role in that movie. However, it was both Idris Elba and James Gunn who said, like, well, wait, hold on. Maybe... Uh, in conjunction with a Warner Brothers producer, said maybe someday we might get Will Smith to come back as Floyd Lawton, as Deadshot. So let's make this a completely different character that's exactly like Deadshot, which is how we get Bloodsport in in the Suicide Squad, which I think is fine. I think it's fine. I yeah. think it's I, I think it's nice to leave the door open while giving us a very similar type sure. character. That's all. That, that that's all well and good. Um, I would like to see Will Smith back as 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 Deadshot, and I think other than Deadshot, I mean the 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 standout, the 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 big thing to come from this is Margot Robbie's portrayal of Margot of of Harley Quinn, which is spot on. It's exactly what I would picture a, a movie version of that character to be, given the modern comic book age. I fucking loved it. I thought it was amazing. I thought they did a better job of it with a female writer in, in Birds of Prey. I'm not saying Birds of Prey is a great movie, but at least the character was, was far better portrayed in that than she was in the in, in Suicide Squad because Margot Robbie, you know, got to choose her own outfits and stuff like that. It wasn't overly sexualized, which, you know, I think well, is a, that's I, a problem with comic books and movies. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to get into I, that discussion too pers- much. But Right. Well, personally, I think it's a mix for both movies. For I'm talking about the Suicide Squad stuff. So Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad, I think... You know, there's mixtures and there's moments and parts and bits in each movie that works and doesn't work for Harley Quinn, the, in my mind. Um, it's true. She just serendipitously re-show up after the helicopter crash, and then she's like, let's all go get a drink. And then she completely inspires everyone to continue on with the mission when she has no real reason to continue on with the mission other sure. than she has nothing yeah, else to live for now that Mr. J's again rejected her. Right. And it's like, uh, but... I don't feel like we got the development from the character to sell that. But at the same time, I get that she is a motivational type character in that way because she's pretty. <laughs> and we yeah, all like and, her. And I think, so. you know, I think I think her, you know, like the stuff like in the beginning, like her jailbird scenes, I think are perfect. I do think that's a very much a Harley thing, just like you see glimpses of that in the Suicide Squad when she's captured. And you see her uh, behavior there. I think that's perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah, which is like a callback to, which to I this, think, right? right? Because right. I think she I think uses she those does, gymnastic skills to escape in that, that movie. And you see her seduction. You see her play of right. her looks and seduction Although, slash her lethalness. Her rotten tattoo on behavior. her chin is now missing, which was there in Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, but mm. rotten tattoo on her cheek is now gone in the Suicide Squad. Kind of dialing the character back a little bit uh, from from the David Ayer Warner Brothers original vision of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a so. prequel reboot. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Prequel reboot. Or or a, a sequel reboot. Uh but still still a reboot in, in Either the Either way. Just, yeah. 
But ultimately, I think like laser you know, removal tattoos have gone a long way. Over time, <laughs> I've watched Suicide Squad several times, and I don't remember what my original review was for it. Uh, but I I've got watched, probably three views out of my under my yeah, belt. Yeah, yeah. Something I would like that. say I would say I'm somewhere around I'm somewhere around three or four. Yeah, I would say that. That's probably that's probably pretty close. Uh, I did rewatch it before reviewing the Suicide Squad, so I thought like it was it was interesting enough to talk about. I'm not we're not going into like Birds of Prey and shit like that, but at least it, which was which was born out of an idea that they had to do Gotham City Sirens and they were building an entire universe around Harley Quinn, and they quickly dialed that back after multiple uh, negative returns on on other properties. That that they were doing and 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 uh some fan backlash uh for for overusing a character from a bad movie and they decided to use her sparingly and just how we wound up getting birds of prey and then ultimately now the suicide squad which i think firmly puts her back in the good graces of warner brothers and they were 100 continue the character as a result of that movie uh maybe not in her own solo adventures again but probably most certainly in suicide squad sequels uh but ultimately rewatching it just like I talk about Venom all the time I think the bad stings less the more and more you watch something and and you ignore you ignore bad shit and focus on good shit and where I may have been like a C or C minus on the original one I think I would say firmly after watching Suicide Squad again with the recut I'm at a C I'm just at a straight C, not a C plus, just a C. Yeah, a you, C. you can't go any higher than that. You no, really can't. It's a, it's 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 a fucking okay time waster. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an okay time waster. There's a few good things to background get out of it. movie. It's a background movie. You know, it's a background it, movie. if if, if at best. At but best. it's nothing that the DC can put a feather in their cap and say like you know you want more of this. Shit, no, right? no, no, no. Uh, it, it, they they wouldn't have gotten this movie. Never would have gotten another. Uh, entry into into a Suicide Squad franchise if James Gunn wasn't hired and asked you know to do a Superman movie in which he said I have no interest in doing that I did Brightburn uh, that was my take on a Superman you don't want to see my take on 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 this bro- also Superman Batman Wonder Woman these are the three the, the they're, they're called the Trinity within DC for a reason it's because Warner Brothers has to be very protective of them and James Gunn didn't want to work with characters that producers needed to protect. So instead, he chose to do Suicide Squad because he wanted to do a proper version of that movie, of that comic book property, and put it on screen. And he did a fantastic job of it, as you heard from our review. So ultimately, uh, this movie retroactively gained some legs because of a prominent sequel to it which as i said in my review doesn't completely ignore the original like you think it does but it definitely never directly mentions it either um i would still be interested in seeing and only these two characters come back obviously rick flag came back obviously harley quinn came back and boomerang came back i'm really only interested in seeing will smith's deadshot come back however will smith does not like to appear in rated r movies it's not his thing. It's not his wheelhouse. Uh, he's True. done rated R movies in the past. Most of the time, they are dramas, not not action, comedy, sci-fi, comic book movies. So it would take probably a lot to get him to come back. Um, but I would still be interested in him to come back without sacrificing what's been built now. That the yeah, I, I wonder if his flute has changed since his kids are now grown and also, you know... He hasn't really done much recently, you know, as far as any kind of great success. So I, th- I think, I, th- well, values, you know, sometimes don't change. You know, maybe if he really does firm, firmly believe in keeping his brand PG thirteen. Jay, I think it's values more so than than his kids because he's had these values since before his kids were even around. So okay. I would say I would say it's more values than that, but. Yeah, you know, that that that's 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 not to say that's not out of the realm of possibility for him to come back. I you know I think, I think ultimately like after the Suicide Squad, does it make me more interested in an air cut? I would actually say no. You know, I've never really been for an air cut, but now after the Suicide Squad has come out, I'm firmly against it because I think it only stands to to muddy the waters a little bit, and I also think like. 
ultimately, it's a step backwards for Warner Brothers, and they need to be looking forward. They've had so many missteps with their with their DC universe and stuff like that. I think it only serves them to move forward from this point on, and not and not take a look back, and not go back to this, and not release an air cut at all. I think to, to completely downplay it and ignore. Business-wise, I agree. Business-wise, I 100% agree. I think as a David Ayer fan, I'd be interested to see in what he had in store. However, I, I, I'm fully I prepared think, for it to not be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think they could fully uh, put no money into it and just slip it onto HBO Max, You know, like I said, in a year or so. Um, but... And I, I really, I firmly believe that it's not going to heart, you know, tarnish anything going forward within that franchise. But it'll just sure. kind of, sure. it'll just sort of, I think, make peace with the yeah. whole situation. I think, and and just kind of move on going forward. With on ultimately, the missteps were you hired a guy who's great at making rated R movies to do a PG thirteen version of a squad that's called the Suicide Squad, where multiple members are supposed to die. Look, multiple that was a big red flag. Die. I still remember yeah. this day. Yeah, like when we talked about that from the get go years ago. I mean, oh, it was I like, love the trailer. It, oh, 100% well, we did. I love we the did, but it was, was also was a red flag. We're like, why the fuck? Is this a PG thirteen movie, and this doesn't make any sense with David it? Just Ayer reminded doing me of AVP. It. it should be a rated R movie. It, 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 it just didn't add up. And then when you see the movie, the final product, it makes sense. It's just, it just speaks for itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's it, man. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna belabor the point too long. Me and Jay just rewatched Suicide Squad, and uh, yeah, it stings less. I'm at a C. Jay, what what's your score for it for Suicide Squad? C. Re review C. Same. Yeah, I would say so. I think I think there's moments that are absolutely fine. I I think I think it completely misses on a lot of marks. However, it did deliver some some good characters that we wanted that we were at least interested enough to see go forward, and, and we will, and we did, and 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 now they exist in the Suicide Squad which is a far superior product that understands the property way better from a writer and director who um, you know understood more so w- I- I- what people are looking for um, and I think this movie was greenlit at a time where Warner Brothers was thinking one way and was set for release at a time where Warner Brothers was thinking a completely different way um, and they were based on what was popular in the media at the time and it's just kind of a cautionary tale of just like don't always go with the zeitgeist go with what you intended it might have been better had they have just gone with what they originally intended and it would have been mediocre sure but at the same time, it, it wouldn't have been as so lampooned and caused you caused them to have been so shy about the movies they wanted to make. It would have forward. it would have came across more authentic. Definitely that. Definitely you know? that for sure. I think at this stage, I think the studios need to understand that the the viewers are so much more intelligent with the whole game. Where they can see through the fat, they can see and through the bullshit. Like we so said I in our review, they it, need James to be Gunn a little bit that. more transparent about it all. Yeah. yeah, James Gunn proved that he 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 right. he, he caught you up to speed with where all these where all these returning characters were and new characters by instead of doing word blurbs on the right side of the screen to tell you who each character was and what their powers were, he just kind of like threw it out there in in very natural expositional dialogue but still still worked for the story and 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 gave us enough context to go off of to understand a character's motivation. And Suicide Squad had zero character motivation. So <laughs> Other than do this or your head will blow up. And in the end, only like two Suicide Squad members died. So it was like, so there was no risk at all. This heroic decision they made had zero risk whatsoever because none of them were ever going to die. You always wanted to make more of this. And now you have and you've decided to just let go. Just let go. And 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 just standing back and letting someone do their fucking thing is ultimately what, what wound up being more successful than than micromanaging and and overarching the entire project. So that's it, man. We do want you to reach out to us. Let, let us know what you think of Suicide Squad now in hindsight. So you can reach out to us on our social medias. You can reach out to me on Twitter, at SumerMoviePod. You can reach out to me on Instagram, SMBDave on there. You can also reach both of us by jumping on the hotline, just like our friend did earlier, and reach out to us at 267-590-9042. If you're international and you're unable to call that number, 
record a voice memo on your phone and email it to supermoviebrospodcast at gmail.com. Jay, where can everyone reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast on Twitter, J underscore SMB, and Instagram, Super Movie Bros. And of course, we're part of a network. We're part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. Check out all the great shows as well as Super Movie Bros on there. It's ageofradio.org. Also, if you want content that me and Jay referenced uh, in regards to uh, a snafu that happened on a dating site and any other of the pre-roll shit that you guys hear or any other references that we dropped to the Patreon, if you want to be in on that conversation, you got to head over to patreon.com slash supermoviebrospodcast. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 